Hello, everybody. Welcome back to The Fear Alchemist. My name is Ben, your host. I'm so excited that you're here. Before we get started with this episode, I must tell you a big announcement. I just launched a new group coaching program. So if you are a coach, a heart-centered leader, an online creator, a healer, a facilitator in any way, then this is for you. So if you feel like you're playing small, if you feel like you're procrastinating, if you feel like you're not fulfilling the potential and you just feel stuck in sharing your gifts, you know you are here and meant for more to help people, to truly be an example, to not live the nine to five life. And you just know you're meant for more inside and you're not living up to that potential, then this is for you. So this is for coaches. This is for online creators. It could be for a parent, a conscious business leader. For whatever reason, you just know that avoiding your fear is keeping you small. You feel like no matter how hard you try, um, you're always held back. There's this invisible barrier in your way and you know it's there. It's like you can feel it, but you can't see it. It's just like you keep coming against keep coming up against this invisible wall. So if you want to learn more about this coaching program, uh, click the link in the description. You can learn more about it there. Uh, There's so many beautiful testimonials for people who have already gone through this. It's quite the transformational program. But of course, I must tell you that it's not for everybody. This is for people who are truly willing to look at their limiting beliefs, who are brave enough to dive deep into the things that they've been avoiding for their whole life. This is for people who like just have the will to truly explore um, the dark parts of themselves and you're willing to hold yourself accountable. So I'd love to see you there. If you want to learn more, click the link in the description and you can also book a discovery call with me. So if you look through the page, you feel like, okay, I'm not quite sure. I'm ready to pull the trigger, but there's still some questions. You can also book a discovery call with me. Just scroll to the bottom of the page, review all the information on there. And I'd love to see you there with an incredible group of people. Um, it, It is limited spots. So if you hear this, if you watch this and you're ready to sign up, you feel like this is for you. You feel like you're ready to blast off in your business and you're ready to take all those ideas those dreams that you've been pushing to the side and trying to be realistic and say, when the time, you know, when everything lines up, when I have this much money saved, whatever the thing is you've been waiting to do, it's time. It's time to share your gift. It's time to stop playing small. Let's freaking do this. All right, y'all. Please enjoy this episode. And if you haven't already, please make sure you subscribe, make sure you rate, rate and review so more people can be recommended this amazing knowledge from the heart. Thank you all for being here. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Fear Alchemist. I have the dude, the myth, the... Who? How would you... <laughs> I was trying to think of all the words to explain you, but the but you need no explanation. There is no box for James. <laughs> so James, thank you for being here, good sir. Hey Ben, thanks for having me. It's it's I'm I'm happy to be here uh, and 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 chat with you today. How do you, when people ask you like on the street, what do you how do you introduce yourself when they say yo like what do you do? I don't know. I never. I don't. <laughs> I hate that question so much. Like yeah. I've honestly eva- like, evaded sometimes. Like I've <laughs> said like I'm a I'm a trapeze artist or something like <laughs> completely random. Just because like I don't have a certain box. I mean. Writer would be the number one thing that I would go back to, just because that's my 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 main practice and my main um, form of creative expression. Um, I also am an artist, um, a poet, uh, a podcaster. I kind of you know anything in the realm of creativity is something that I care deeply about, and for mm-hmm. me that is. Um, most frequently expressed through writing. So that's what I would what I would say to most succinctly. I love it. And that's like honestly, dude, I'm getting chills. Like why I was really excited to talk to you is because there's no like people obviously on Instagram are like, oh, the meme guy. Oh, it's 222. Shout out. Numerology. We're just talking about this. Right? Eight, eight, two, two, two. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but um so but just like I could just tell like creativity is like surging through you. And so I definitely want to dive into the blocks or the resistances and the fears, of course, of like how have you've opened that portal and expression. 
Um, But the question I was about to ask you before we started recording, and I was like, oh, we got to make sure I ask this, is through your interactions, through clients or your meme school, all these different things that you do just online, how often does like fear come up for people? Hmm. Whether they know it or not. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think in, any any resistance, whether we trace it back to fear or not, any 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 resistance or or blockage or you know stuck energy can be traced back to some kind of fear. Amen. I think. <laughs> I I concur. Because like creativity is not um does not typically induce a sense of conscious fear, right? It's like you it might it might induce a sense of um you know not sure how, where to start um not 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 having confidence in your in your own abilities mm-hmm. you know measuring yourself up against others you know um competition and comparison and you know creative block and things like that but a lot of that is you know fear of being seen or mm-hmm. fear of being rejected or fear of not being good enough so yeah, it's funny how you know this happens in a in a lot of places and a lot of different fields. But even when I was working with you know corporate clients back in my past life as a brand strategist and in, in advertising agencies, you know I'd be meeting with you know CEOs and CMOs and you know executive teams and corporations and like um, you know. We're not there to discuss fear. We're, we're there to discuss like creative projects and like um, building their business. But I I learned early on that like oh there's a certain amount of therapy involved in this job where I'm helping these people realize where their blocks are and where where there's fear inside this organization. Wow. And I, and I, and I actually like treated it as being um, a bit of like a a healer. Like in the in the in the creative corporate sense, where I was going into these companies to, um, you know, with the mindset of a healer to see what what problems that we're dealing with here and how we can use creativity um, as a solution to help not only the business but the people involved, because every business is really just human beings behind the scenes. So um, definitely, like addressing the core issues of like fear and just. You know, just the in- interpersonal re- dynamics um, really helped even my career as a, as a brand strategist. So it's all it's always there in the background, you know. Mm, dude, this is cool. So I'm I was listening to a few of podcasts you've been on. I know I'm good friends with Hallie, so I know you, you've been on hers. And Love it's, Hallie, yeah. Um, but I wanted this came up earlier, and I feel like it's gonna somehow tie into all of this of like, so was the brand strategist, is that what you were doing before full-time writing and creating or? Yeah, that's right. I had a, I had a 10-year career in advertising. First as a graphic designer, I went to art school and I began and I kind of, um, you know, I was an art kid and a creative kid and I went, went to art school and I ended up like sneaking into the business world through, through the back door as a graphic mm. designer. So I was like working um, for like advertising agencies doing design. And then I kind of got bored with that. And then I, I pivoted into being a brand strategist, which is someone who like I would help companies with, you know, things like naming um, and messaging and like positioning and marketing campaigns and, um, and just things like that to, to bring the brand to life. Yeah. And um, I did that uh, in in Madison Avenue in New York City for like eight years. Dang, dude. So it's like, of course, everything happens perfectly, right? And it's like, you're literally being groomed for what you're doing right now. Is like, yeah. did you have to like, at yeah. a point, was there a point of like, okay, I'm going all in or did it happen gradually for you? Going all in into what? Like your, like your calling, your business, your creative works before you left the corporate world. You know, it was really gradual. So, I mean, I published my first book in 2017 while I was deep in the, uh, you know, the advertising world. Mm-hmm. So, I was w- writing every morning, every mm-hmm. night for you know years while working full time at like a demanding job. So, I was always it was. You know, it was it was very gradual, and then I started a podcast while I was still working um, 
you know, in advertising, I, I, I started, you know, making memes and growing my following online and um, building up a foundation. Mm-hmm. And then um, so many big corporations were going through, you know, so many different restructurings dur- during um, the COVID times. And my particular um, corporation was, um, was acquired by a, like a big technology company. And, you know, the whole division that I oversaw was phased out of the company. Wow. I was basically, you know, it was just like perfect timing because I had built up my own foundation. And it's so hard to leave a job sometimes, (laughs) especially when like you're so, I mean, a steady, regular paycheck. Mm. That's something that that comes easily to you is so... That security is hard to um, walk away from. And... uh, Luckily, I didn't have to. The decision was the <laughs> decision. Kicking. The decision was made for me. Yeah. And speaking of fear, you know that there's there's all kinds of and that's happened to me before. You know, or, or like um, suddenly, like oh, I get I've been fired, or I've you know, big things have happened where it seems like I don't know how to navigate this. And um, yeah, just um, it took me a little while to kind of lean in to mm. you know monetizing the the foundation that I had already established. Um, but yeah, here we are. And and like you said, it really is a matter of leveraging the skills that I learned in that world, because even like creativity, you know, working in average, like it's a very demanding profession when you have to have client deadlines right around the corner every week. And they're, you know, you can't tell your clients that you weren't feeling inspired (laughs) or that you had writer's block. Because they just they paid good money, and that's not an excuse in that world, right? So, like, I don't have writer's block because I have gone through like pretty strong creative conditioning um, <laughs> to show up, you know, every day, every week, and just like find a way, uh-huh. and um, not you know not to overthink things, but just to know when things are good enough, when to bring in help, when you need support. Um, you know, make things presentable, and um, and yeah. So now that 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 has made me a better writer. That's made me a better, um, you know, meme artist. And now I can apply those same lessons I learned working with corporate clients to working with, you know, my individual one-on-one um, clients to help people, like people that I care for and you know believe in, um, bring their brands to life and create compelling content and to help grow their businesses, which is. A million times more fulfilling than you know working for a you know a big faceless corporation, <laughs> dude. This is this is so cool. So it's like there's a few things I want to go back to. So one, you said writer's block. You don't you don't feel that anymore just because it's like you've done it so much. So I don't remember to be honest. I don't remember ever feeling writer's block. Mm. There is times when I'm not inspired. Right, I kind of let it flow. Like if it doesn't flow, that's fine. I don't call that writer's block. It's just like, oh, you know, nothing's really, the, you know, the channel is a little cloudy today, or like just today is chill, and like you don't need to like do anything. But more often than not, um, my creativity flows like pretty effortlessly. I never like want to write something and can't. Um, there are times when I just maybe don't want to, or like I said, nothing shows up. But I don't consider that being stuck. I just consider it to be like, well, the muse is on taking a day off. I love that, dude. You and know, instead of just like beating yourself up, telling you you suck or something. Yeah, no, <laughs> no. Creativity should be easy. I just, I was just writing something today. Um, so I'm working on a book about creativity, and I wrote a little section based on. Um, one of my favorite poets is Charles Bukowski, and his um, he has a very um, simple epitaph on his gravestone. It's, it just says, "Don't try," mm. <laughs> and it's like, okay, well, that can be interpreted a couple ways. He, he doesn't mean like be apathetic, like don't try; it's not worth it. He means don't force it, let it flow. You know, does um. A tree doesn't try to grow branches. Like the cloud doesn't try to rain. Like these things just happen because that is the the dharma of the being <laughs> to to do these things. So if you're in your dharma and like 
you're doing what you're supposed to be doing and let, and you let it flow. Like you won't have to force it. You won't have to try. It's going to be just a natural expression of your being. Dude, I just got chills. That was so good. <laughs> you definitely have to put... It's probably already in, es- in essence in your book. But like, so, okay, this is really good because it's like... Yeah. Um, like say, so go back to the time, right? Where the decision's made for you to leave your job. And it's like, you can say you were in your dharma in a way, right? In, in that corporate world-ish, like in, in the area of it. And then, you know, this blessing happens, but you still had to lean into it instead of going to get another job. Yes. So like, like for you, and then you talked about there was resistance and leaning to the monetization of it. How did you know like this was the time to just to like go all in, to lean into that feeling? Um, because I just couldn't bear it. You know, I think that um, you know, we have different phases in our life that support us where we are. And like it's like a relationship. Like, you know, I've had many relationships and almost all of them, except for the one that I have now, didn't last. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like mm. they're like the majority, like all, almost all of my relationships didn't last, all except for one. <laughs> you know, so that doesn't mean those relationships were a failure. It just means that they were like they, we have like little boats that will take us where we need to go, and then once we've crossed the river, then we have to get out and keep walking. You know what I'm saying? Like everything comes in our life to serve us for a reason for a particular period of time whether that's a job or a relationship. So it served that job served me for a, for a while because it um you know supported me, allowed me to be creative, allowed me to just like try a lot of new things and um you know grow skills. But it reached it reached the point where that particular profession was no longer serving me. You know, it it it, it had expired its um usefulness to my life and it had be, was becoming a burden because I had a, you know, a bigger, it took me a while to like, speaking of fear, like there's a lot of, um, and this happens with like people that are in stuck between two worlds. Like, Oh, they have maybe a corporate world and then they have like a personal world or a passion world. And those two are not able to be reconciled necessarily. Like, Oh, how far can I go with my own message? online as a writer and as a teacher and as an artist um, while not like stirring the pot too much in my corporate world. Like, can I talk about psychedelics? Like, how, how, how deep can I go with spirituality? You know, like, how much is okay? Mm-hmm. And I was always like, you know, just like testing that line. Um like I remember I got a, I got a, a, an article published on a big website about my first mushroom experience. And that website had like great SEO. So like if you searched my name online, that's the first thing that would come up. And I'm like, "Oh man, I don't know if this is good." <laughs> like that was like I was like, "Oh, this is like I could like this I could lose my job for this or something mm-hmm. like that, right?" So I actually went to the website and had them take my name out of the article. Mm-hmm. So there was like little things like not being able to express yourself fully, but it got to the point where it's like I could not hold back anymore. Like it to not just like be fully myself and offer my, you know, art and message to the world unfiltered. It just wasn't an option anymore. So like I was tempted to I was a little bit tempted to look for other jobs, but at the end of the day, like it didn't feel right in my gut and I just wouldn't let myself do it. So I just leaned totally into that, you know, place of uncertainty and, and trust, you know, when I didn't know where the money was going to come from. Um, and just, you know, believe something with such conviction where you'll, 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 you'll find a way and you'll find people to help support you in that journey. Dang, dude, I love this. Thank you for sharing. It's like, I resonate so hard because I had a similar thing where it's just like, it was undeniable, like in your body. And it's like, like, I remember for me, it was like, I was literally like repelled. Like I could not go into the office anymore. It was like, like it was, I felt like a, like two charges of the same magnet trying to be put together. Yeah. It was like, you know, and so it was like, it sounds like it was similar to you where you're, 
of course there's a choice, but it was just like what you said, like it was now a burden. Yeah, I had to listen to my what my body was telling me, and it was it was like like no, <laughs> um, and you know, so you have to trust yourself and your um, you know your your purpose here on Earth at at the end of the day. So yeah, dude, and it's, I mean, I'm a huge proponent like this. I don't even like like the whole Dharma thing, right? And is like being in that Dharma of what you said of like being in that thing and then then it happens like the tree right the tree doesn't try and grow the, the cloud doesn't try and rain it just is like it's a fucking cloud so it does you know it's like and mm-hmm. that's so potent like i love that whole thing so back as your account has started maybe when it started growing was there a point where i was just like oh shit like this is really taking off well, yeah, I grew, it initially grew a little bit when I put out my first book. Mm-hmm. And then, um, but really it was when I started making memes. Mm-hmm. And, that, and coincidentally, like, and I, and I mean like to the day, that, that corresponds to when I moved to Austin. Of course. Like, it was like night and day. Like, I started making memes right when I moved here, like without any preconceived mm. ideas of doing that. Um, and that's also not only making memes, but, um, posting on like a regular basis. Um, so what I guess the, the, the backstory for that kind of is I was working on a book. I have, um, a mostly finished book that is kind of autobiographical, um, fiction. And, uh, I was my agent uh, was 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 looking it over and i and i was really i was and am really excited about this book mm-hmm. and i put i put years of writing into it and my agent was like well the the publishing world is very um segmented and compartmentalized and it's kind of like oh you're a, you're if you're a nonfiction writer they don't like you putting out a novel because it's like that's not what you're known for mm. so there are there is a lot of like putting people in boxes in the, the in the publish in the mainstream publishing world um so she didn't want to pitch my book to publishers so i was like really disappointed because i was i had been working on that book every single morning and wow. you know i was really happy with it and then she's like yeah i just don't think it's the right time to pitch a novel so I was like stuck, like not only was I disappointed because it wasn't going to come out, but I didn't have that to work on anymore every morning anymore because like I was like that this is like, it's not the right time for this project. Mm. So I thought, well, what if I took that? And what sucks about writing a book is that you spend years on it before anyone ever sees it. Yeah. Like, can you imagine that delayed gratification where it's like, you might like how many times I've sat down by myself and written something that I think is just like, I'm so happy about. And like, literally there's no one around to like celebrate with or to like see it or give you validation. It's just like, I wrote the best thing in my life and absolutely <laughs> nobody knows and nobody cares. Yeah, Like it's a lonely kind of like existence to write long form books. So I thought, well, what if I use that same creative energy every morning to make things that I could share immediately? Mm-hmm. And um, I, 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 then I thought of like memes and I thought of just really like creating a new, like making, making art out of social media content. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what I did. I started just re redirecting my energy and that um, led to a lot of experimentation with the with the format of like Instagram and I started to learn like what things what kind of things get shared what kind of things go viral and um that really just like led me to making more and more memes and it really it really took off pretty much immediately when I started doing that dang dude so there's so many questions popping up for you like I want to come back to why where I wanted to go with that is like um 
maybe because you talked about the fear of being seen or the visibility or stuff like that. So I want to ask about when it started to grow. Did you feel that pressure? But quickly, do you feel worried about or care about like people copying you at all, like as a creative? Uh, no, because you can't, I mean, if you copy someone, it's not going to have the same, um, you can't copy the spirit of someone's work. Like you can, you Mm. can copy someone, but like, if it's not like people can, I think people can see through it if it's artificial. And also, I mean, copying is a lot of ways, right? Like people post my stuff without crediting me a lot. A lot. Um, so that that happens, and that's part yeah. of that's part of the territory. That's part of me, the meme culture. Yeah. But also, memes are like I can't be too protective of my work because the whole idea of memes is based in the idea of replication. So I have. You don't like memes are all copied. Like I don't. You don't copy a meme. Like you don't copy someone's um, specific message, but I, all meme artists are 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 sharing and borrowing imagery and trends with each other. So me, me uh, the art of memetics is very decentralized and very collaborative and very um, adaptive. So in that sense, it's meant to be copied. Mm. So I can't be too defense too um protective of 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 that 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 particular kind of work that's cool dude i mean and that even goes back to like the fear thing too right because usually if i feel protective of it is right it's like well, i probably won't get credit for it and then what else does that rabbit hole lead down so that that's interesting do you how much do you worry about or think about the algorithm or like this is going to work this doesn't work how even like even in the meme school versus just like being yourself versus because there's I think there's a mix of like utilizing it versus also just being yourself and not trying to just like fit everything in it. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's there's a couple things there. I mean, I think it's smart, it's smart to work with with the algorithm. Mm-hmm. So for example, um the new the latest Instagram algorithm is very um, friendly to videos and reels. So, and there's a lot of complaining about that. Mm-hmm. But, but I, and, and, and yeah, it's hurt some of my engagement as well. But I, I kind of thought like, I'm all, I always want to, I really think that these tools, tools and technology help inform art. Um, art is kind of uses the tools that it, that are available to it. And that includes algorithms, right? And that includes, oh, Instagram wants to be a video platform. Well, let's play around with that. Let's see, let's see if I can work with that and 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 how I and how I can leverage that particular tool to my advantage. So I've been leaning into that and making reels and having fun with it. And it's really unlocked a whole different dimension to my work. Um, so yeah, I kind of play with the algorithm in, in, in that sense, but also there's the element of what my audience responds to. So it's not really the algorithm. It's more like there are certain things that I know my audience will respond to more than others. And I both, I both cater to that and I don't mm-hmm. like, I have my audience in mind, like my in the subconscious somewhere back there when I'm when I'm making things, and it's like, oh, this is the kind of thing that they're hungry for right now. This is the kind of thing they want to hear. It's almost like I'm I'm working for them. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, there's a bunch of people that follow me, and like, I could be like, I'm going to do whatever I want to do, and I do from that also. But also, it's like, oh, they 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 want to hear from me. And I'm I'm to a certain degree I am I, I am working for them, so I try to like see what they need and see what messages that I can put out that they're gonna find peace in, they're gonna find humor in, they're gonna find some element of healing in. Mm. Um, so it's very much that's what's great about social media is it is art that is a direct two way dialogue with your audience and the creator. So 
there are some things that like, oh, I'm like, oh, they're probably not going to like this one, but I think it's hilarious. And, <laughs> I, and some people are going to love it. And I, I don't like conform my work to, um, you know, to please any particular people or groups, but it is just, um, it's helpful to have that collaboration, that dialogue. Dude, I appreciate that. And it's, um, just to echo that, I heard, I forgot what music artist it was, but what they said was like, um, is essentially, obviously, if you're a musician and you tour, you know, dozens or hundreds of times a year, and then it's like, you have to play that same hit song that everybody loves over and over and over and over. I heard it, like, you know, they asked, they got asked a question, like, do you ever get sick of it? And they're like, no, like, I love it because my job isn't for me, it's for them. Totally. Right? It's like, I'm here because of them. It's like, I'm not playing for myself, I'm playing for them. So I'm going to play the hell out of this song every time, you know? Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what it is. It's like, that because they're hearing it for the first time. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's, I, I just think it's, it, you should have, you, you should be, um, artists should be at least a little bit mindful of their audience and, and like make things, you know, accessible to in, in, in certain ways and, and challenging in other ways. It's like, yeah, art doesn't exist in a bubble. I love that dude. Like it's both, both hand. Oh yeah, I'll, pro- I'll I'll provoke my audience as well. Like, they hate when I, um, you know, a lot of my audience is kind of this the, the quote unquote spiritual community. Yeah. And like the spirit, the spiritual community is like really, um, strangely, um, afraid of technology. It's like speaking <laughs> of fears and like and like AI and VR and stuff. So, like, I recently like gave a talk at Meta, and I and I and and, and, and in the past I did like a small uh, partnership with a a VR app and like. They like they hate it. They hate that, but I don't care because like I think that's that's like somewhere where I can like poke and provoke and maybe like help her transform fear around certain things. You know, I love that dude. Yeah, like, and that's part of the job too, right? Is to like challenge and to open, hopefully, the minds and hearts of people. So Mm -hmm. shifting slightly back to that moment of when you were feeling when you were watching this grow more quickly than you were used to? Were there any feelings like, oh, like this is exactly what I asked for, but I'm also terrified? Uh, at that point, no, because I had just been, I had, I had, you know, I'd already been publishing work and I was already like a published author. And like, so like it really, my success happened so gradually that it was just all happened very naturally. And um, there was no moment where it was like too much. Like I always just, I, you know, I just said that I post with my audience in mind, but I also like, I just, I just, um, I just share what I like and that, 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 that never changes. You know, I just, um, I don't know. I've always just been comp- like, I've been writing for so long and I've been creating for so long that I'm just, I'm not self-conscious with that, I mean, there's like I, I'm more self-conscious with, with my podcast, for example. Like for mm. me, the podcast is like an area of like slight resistance because communicating with art and with my written word, that's just very easy for me. Um, it's it's become more of a growth area to communicate with my real voice. Mm. So. I've had a lot of podcasts that I've that I've done over the past year. I have my own podcast, and every time that is like a a growth opportunity to get more comfortable expressing myself with my real voice. Um, as well as here in Austin, I have a, a monthly open mic night called Sunflower Club, which I host, and it's mu- it's not even about me; it's about the group and letting other people share. But just to host and to be there in person and to like. Um, you know, speak to large groups like that. Again, that's an area where I've, you know, I, I have to kind of like face a little bit of fear every single time I do it. And then every time I grow a little bit and get a little more comfortable. So I guess now my goal is to get to the point with public speaking and podcasts and hosting, get to the same level of comfort in that area that I already have with my written word. I love this dude. And like, where do you feel stretched? Is it like, because you're just using your voice? Is it like, because obviously you're being seen through your written written verb, but like, I guess when you're speaking, you don't have time to edit. Especially That's when you're a big live. part of it. Okay. That's a big part of it. 
Because when you're writing, like writers can afford to be a perfectionist because mm. they can just they can just polish and make it all seem so great. So, <laughs> like when I first um, when I first started doing podcasts, and I even did like a really short lived like YouTube video series. Like this is like back when my first book came out, which and, was what year? Uh, uh, Twenty seventeen. Okay, yeah. So like I did a, a, some um, YouTube videos. And they were they were completely scripted. I literally had a piece of paper <laughs> above the computer that I was reading from and pretend and like hoping like people wouldn't notice. But of course you notice because it it just comes across as like is just like unauthentic. And un, and you can just tell that it's not spontaneous. And and my and my early podcasts were very much I had notes of what I wanted to say and I wanted to make sure and that was taking me out of the present moment because I, I wanted to make sure I said the right the right thing because I wanted to you know I wanted that same control that I had over writing <laughs> and I didn't have that control so I really just um I really just realized I, I needed I needed to give that up like I just right. saw after after a few times doing that I was like I'm not going to grow doing this. I need to just face the discomfort and just speak from the heart. So instead of preparing with notes and like talking points, I would just spend 10 minutes in meditation before the podcast just to clear my channel mm. and just be like, let whatever's going to come through, let it come through and just go with it. Um, and that was, you know, really scary at first. And it it still is scary, but <laughs> I've gotten more comfortable with that fear where it doesn't bother me or I don't have to think about it much anymore. Dang, dude. Thank you for sharing that. It's like, I'm like surging with chills. Dude. It's kind of crazy this whole time. I'm not telling you all the times I'm getting chills, but my duty speaks the <laughs> truth. So it's like, and that's something I so deeply believe in, right? Is like, it's getting comfortable with it and familiar with it. It's like, because so many people run away from it and that just makes it worse, right? If you run away from any feeling, it's just going to magnify itself. Definitely. Especially with fear though. It's like, right? It's when it's literally the function of fear is to keep you alive. And that's like, that's a pretty big one. So like for you, does when, so you feel these feelings, like these scary moments, this resistance, the worry, like whether it's in this setting or other settings, how... How have you typically, do you just do it? Is that how it works for you? You it sounds like you meditate. What other settings and practices do you have? Or so what settings may it come up in or just what other practices do you do to like feel it and transmute it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, I think it's... Um, someone gave me a great piece of advice once. And uh, this, this was another... Um, story of fear that I had that I that I faced when I when I mm. first moved to, when I first moved to New York City. How old were you? Uh third I j just turned 30. Cool. And so j I had just moved to New York City and I was like didn't have a job and I was and I was like struggling to like um just get grounded and you know have have a home and, and life there. And then Hurricane Sandy Mm. hit New York City and destroyed the apartment that I had just signed a lease on. Wow. So I was suddenly like, not I was broke, unemployed, and now I'm homeless. And uh, that was a time of great uncertainty. And my buddy, uh, Jake, who I was going to move in with, we both, so we were both became homeless. Um, we ended up, like he knew a guy in this small island in the Caribbean called Culebra who had this little like empty like beach cottage. And he's like, well, we can go stay in Culebra. <laughs> and it's like, what? Like I just moved to New York City and now I'm going to be like on some deserted island. Like <laughs> the complete opposite. <laughs> complete opposite. And I was like, it was like, I didn't know what, you know, how to proceed or like what was going on. And it was a lot of uncertainty. And he, um, my my buddy told me he he suggested like to to lean into the uncertainty, right? Instead of instead of um, you know, resisting it. No, the uh, uncertainty is a portal. Mm. Like the unknown is a portal to a to a to a greater unknown. 
like to a greater known that is. Like we have a small comfort zone. It's relative in size, but let's just say we, we all have like a small comfort zone. The only way to expand that comfort zone is to go into the unknown. It's the only way to do it. So that particular experience becoming homeless in New York like really taught me that, oh, the unknown is a portal to a greater known. Um, and I've just learned to gradually trust and trust that. So, I mean, I've got all kinds of grounding practices, you know, from meditation to breath work to yoga to sunbathing. Um, other forms of exercise are always helpful. But for me, it always comes back to like just that inner trust, um, trusting the universe, trusting our own life path, and knowing that the journey of life is a journey into the unknown. And that's the point. And I've had enough failures. I've had enough, you know, experiences where I had, was completely uncertain. And whenever I've gone through those times in my life, I've always emerged in a completely new place with a bigger comfort zone and, you know, fully transformed. So now I just know, like, oh, I'm going into an, another portal of uncertainty. Well, this this is going to lead me into further expansion. And it's just become more and more about trusting where that's going to take me. Damn, dude. You're spitting some bars right now, dude. Like, that really is like... And I was just talking about uh, about this with my partner, Belle, this morning. She and I, right? Of Like, the unknown is where creation lives. 100%. Right? Like, that is only possibility. Because you were talking about perfection and control, right? Is like, that's essentially what is, right? Because it's that's all related to fear as well. But like, mm -hmm. if you want to create something new or experience some, something new or whatever, it's like the unknown is the only place where that is. Yeah, you can't make any any piece of art is a journey into the unknown. Because if it was already known, that art would already exist. <laughs> yeah. You know, and if, and, if you, and if you stick too close to what's already been done, you're not going to create anything new either. Or you're, you're not going to create anything inspired. I often think of the writing process or the creative process as like, it's like you have to like jump into a hole and then like dig your way out onto the other side. <laughs> you know? So I, um, yeah, it's completely um, about surrendering to that unknown and just like finding your way with curiosity and with experimentation and playfulness and just enjoying that, enjoying the waves and riding the waves and flowing with them and letting that, you know, dancing with the uncertainty instead of being paralyzed by it. Mm, dude, I love this. It's like, and with the, uns I mean, that's a pretty big thing, right? Like being homeless in New York after the hurricane and you just moved there. <laughs> that's like it. And it's cool because you've had, like what I feel from you is that you, and maybe just in this moment, but you don't, it seems like fear doesn't like grip you because it feels like you've turned it to a friend essentially. 100%. Like you just said, that was a big deal to be homeless in, you know, in New York City. Well, it was, it was ex that experience of going to Culebra and like having nowhere to go and having nowhere to run and being alone with my own mind that I started to like realize the difference between my ego and my intuition. Mm. And it, it really allowed me to kind of navigate my own mind. And it was through that experience that my first book, Shit Your Ego Says, came about. So like literally this terrible thing, wow. being, being homeless on this island was the direct pathway to launching my career as an author. Dude, that's crazy. I didn't know that. So literally that's where the creation process started is on the island? 100%. Bro. <laughs> So what I'm saying is like people need to like, no, not only is uncertainty safe and like not something to be afraid of, like it is your friend, it is your ally, it is your guide. Like, yes, you need to like, the world is changing like really rapidly and the whole world is like moving into the great unknown. And it's like, if we're still clinging to, you know, the ideas that we're attached to, if we're still clinging to the old versions of ourselves, like we are not going to be um, able to keep up with the transformations that are happening in the world. So it's like, not only is it 
not something to be afraid of. It, it, it definitely is. Like we, I believe in like baptizing ourselves in the fire of change. Mm. You know, we have to, we have to like be comfortable letting our old selves die if we're going to step into the, a new, more authentic version of ourselves. That is the growth process. It's complete, it's um, c- continuous death and rebirth. And um, those are the portals of uncertainty that lead to transformation. I love this, dude. It's like, have you, and speaking of like letting go, and I, so just like I have some experience. I used to be in hip hop music in my, cool. in my early 20s. Like we did some cool stuff, just like touring or whatever. And so like, I remember, and I've heard other artists say this is like, having to kill your own child, right? Like you have this favorite track or, you know, like this creation. Like what is your experience in like letting go of that identity or that ego or just stuff that you love? But for whatever, just it's so hard, but it's like holding on, holding on is so much harder than letting go. Yeah. Well, it's like, it's important to like, all right, it's important to understand that when we let go of something that's no longer serving us, it is to make space for something that's greater. Right? So like, we might not want to let go because we all have attachments. But it's like, if you don't let go of... You, your hands need to be full in order for you to receive something. Empty. Right. Your hands need to be empty in order to have space to receive something. So if we're holding on to the the people that we used to be or the things that we used to love, you know, even old relationships that are no longer serving us, we're not going to have the space to receive something that's even better. Um, So yeah, letting go. I'm a big fan of like continuously like purging my belongings like going through my old clothes and seeing what no longer is like inspiring to me and getting rid of it, you know, going through and just cleaning up clutter. It's like always kind of cleaning out what, what, what feels stuck, what feels stagnant, what feels uninspiring um, to make room for things that are, you know, going to serve us moving forward. And, and that's beautifully said, do you ever get disappointed if something doesn't like, hit or isn't received well? Um, you mean like on social media? Anything. Or just anything. like... Um, not really because, you know, you can't get caught up in the results. You know, yeah, sure. I wish everything that I posted would go viral. <laughs> and, I, I, and, like the, and, and like secretly, I kind of think that everything I post should go I viral, right? Actually... <laughs> Like, come on, this is like a banger. Like, come on, people. Yeah. But there are just lots of factors. I mean, like, there's just like the algorithm. It's like, you know, just when people are scrolling online, they're, are they really... How how much are they really paying attention? Are the people are just scrolling, you know, mindlessly sometimes? Um, and, you know, a lot of... It's not the 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 scale, you know, because there are so many... If you measure yourself by external circumstances you're just playing a losing game because you know just the whole world we live in with like just the the attention economy is so intense and demanding and and the things that are like really truly successful in our world at this point are things that are for the most part have a large institutional apparatus supporting them like if you want to get on you know a great New York Times book review. If you want to get a movie in theaters, like this is not about like one individual who is um, talented that's having this reception. This is an institutional like apparatus that is like propping up, you know, certain people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like if we can, if if we as individual artists and creators and entrepreneurs are comparing ourselves to like the megastars of the world. Um, it's just a losing game. It's, it's not even, it's not even the same um, ballpark. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm more interested in, in making deep um, connections with 
you know, a loyal tribe mm-hmm. and knowing, you know, trying to make things that, that will stand the test of time. I mean, even like there are a million examples from art, like one of the, one of the greatest American rock bands of all time is the Velvet Underground who was making music in the 1960s and they were like virtually unknown. They never played a, a big arena. They never toured the world. They were like a dirty garage band in New York City that was playing these like niche shows in these in these like relatively small venues. And then they broke up after three albums and they never made a splash commercially. But it was said that every single person um, who listened to the Velvet Underground ended up creating their own bands that were influenced by the Velvet Underground. Mm. And that sound caught on in the culture and it spread and it, it directly led to things like punk rock music and um, you know things like David Bowie's music. So they weren't a huge commercial success, but, but now in hindsight, they've become one of the most acclaimed and respected bands ever because what they did was like original and unique and um, in spite, despite like the lack of initial um, attention. Dude, this is, this is really cool. So like the question that came up when I was listening to that for you is, do you care about like recognition or quote unquote success? Like if you were the Velvet Underground, no one knows about you. But at the same time, is like you're pivotal, or maybe you're not. Just whatever scenario, right? Is like to you, like how does that make you feel? Well, I mean, of course, like you know, I'm human, and I ha- and I still have an ego, right? So, like, <laughs> yeah, dep- it depends on the part of me you're talking to. Like, of course, I want. Um, well, I don't. I, mean, I don't want. I don't want like big, massive. Like I don't want to be a like a like a celebrity. Like that's that's crazy. That's completely mm-hmm. unnatural and unsustainable. And that sounds like a nightmare. And I and I really think that we're moving away from celebrity culture as a civilization. Like when you look at things like Hollywood, like they don't carry nearly the impact that they once did because mm-hmm. it was. It's a. It's a. It's a. It's a. It's a. It's a royal cast essentially that was you know um ruling over us in the form of media and attention so that's not that's just not a desirable goal and um and luckily i really think that we're phasing that out of our culture because it's just not authentic mm. um having said that yes of course i'd still want my my books to be read my posts to be shared etc um i still have that ego part of me but no, I mean, there are a million things. It's like, you know, it's like, it's, it's also like, you know, batting average. Like you, you want to just, there's always the next, there, there's always the next swing at bat, you know? And that's what's great about social media. It's like, oh, you can post every day. And yeah, like it's, it's disposable in a way. Mm-hmm. It's it not, <laughs> it's still art. It's still art, you know, but it's like we, it's, 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 um, you can have another swing at bat tomorrow and it's just like keep showing up and doing it. And it's like, if you get too caught up in the end results and worrying about the end results, you're, you're, you're just, um, you're hurt. You're, you're hurting your own process. I rather just focus on my process, keep making stuff, keep putting it out and just letting the results fall where they may. Mm-hmm. And this is a cheesy question that I've, really never I've never asked because it is such a plain question <laughs> like like because it has to do with your younger self but maybe not advice you'd give you your younger self it could be but just for the people who are like truly starting maybe early on in the process because it is obviously social media people are definitely comparing themselves to you no doubt right so it's someone early on in the process of like damn like I want to be where like James is you know like I, they don't hopefully listening to this point, they see there's a huge process that they need to, you know, get laid off in New York and be homeless before they can, (laughs) before this all happens. Right. But what is your just words of wisdom or just feeling doesn't have to be advice necessarily, but just something to, from the heart. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really about finding your own way because, you know, I, I learned from a lot of artists that came before me, you know, 
Bob Dylan and Walt Whitman and Allen Ginsberg and Patti Smith and Joan Didion. The list goes on and on. But what I do is just completely unique to me. It's like a, it's really, it, it's my art is, it has become really just a, a uh, kind of an unfiltered expression of my spirit. Mm. It's just like, it's just like, um, it's coming out, it's coming out very naturally. So I was, I learned from a lot of other artists, but then I kind of like found a way to combine it all in my own language. So it's really, it's really like, you can learn from things that I do. Um, but it's really about finding your own way. And that's, that's again, why I'm not worried about people copying me because you can't copy someone successfully. You just can't, you know, a, a facsimile of something is not compelling, right? So if you want to do something compelling, you need to go on your own journey and you need to find your own influences and you need to put all those recipes together inside of yourself and see what comes out. And it's got to be true to you. And it's going to be different for every single person. Exactly. And that's what's dope though, right? Is like, that's why everybody can thrive. It's because like... Yeah. Like we all have a different unique. role. We all have a different purpose. We all have a different um, you know, role in the community. Dude, and it's... It's funny, kind of like what you said. I remember years ago, I was comparing myself to a friend. Like, you know, he won the amazing race. He was a professional cycler. You know, he like overcome. He's like a cancer survivor and all these things. And I remember like, man, like, I wish I had a story like that. And as soon as I asked, stuff started happening. (laughs) You know, like, of course, I already had a journey before that. But like, it was kind of like dark night of the soul. Just like the story had begun. But it's true just from your experience of like, it really does take like experience to to be creative. Yeah, totally. I mean, you you have to get lost and then to find your way home. Mm. That's like the biggest thing. You have to you have to you have to be willing to get go out into the world, get so lost you have no idea, you know, how you're gonna get back, and then, you know, blindfolded. <laughs> Keep putting one foot in front of the other until you find your own way, your own rhythm, your own style, your own message, um, and ultimately finding your way back home. Bro, like it seems like you get this so naturally. <laughs> it's like it's just like yeah, like this is just how it is. It seems like one thing I just want to reflect is like it seems like you don't similar to the like uncertainty and fear thing. You don't fight against the universe. It feels like. Oh, well, I mean, why? <laughs> that's talk about a losing battle. <laughs> I mean, why are you going to fight against the universe? Who's going to win? That's like a meme, like me versus the universe. Like, who's going to win? Maybe you should. Um, I'm not going to fight against the universe. No, thank you. Um, that's, <laughs> that's just a really recipe what we for do, disaster. Though. That's really what so many of us do, like myself included. Is like, I don't like it like this. So yeah. I'm going to literally choose suffering because I don't agree with what's happened or happening, you know, that I have no control over. Yeah. Oh, and I'm not saying that I'm never, that I'm always happy or always satisfied for sure. No, but, um, but yeah, as a guiding principle, um, you know, I think it's helpful to believe that things happen for us, not to us. And, you know, I, th- I, I really think that, um, consciousness itself exists on a more fundamental level of reality than time and space and matter. Okay? So that basic concept gets interpreted into things like, oh, your thoughts create your own, your own reality, etc. Which, be, which can be problematic messages for a lot of people, right? But I do believe that consciousness has a direct impact on the reality that we experience. Like your perception, how you perceive things, how you take things. Um, it impacts the outcome in a lot of ways or our experience of the outcome, certainly. So I really think it's helpful just to see the world not as something that is happening to us, but happening for us and something that we are in in, in a certain way self-generating. Mm-hmm. And um, we're going to get all the lessons and the challenges that we need in order to facilitate our growth. 
Yeah, we're definitely so, participating in it. We're definitely participating in it. So yeah, um, the universe is there to guide us. And you know, every every everything you don't like is is an oracle to help teach you. Mm. Have you, you said know, that before? That's really good. I've never said that before. <laughs> <laughs> everything you don't like is an oracle trained to teach you. Yeah, everything you don't like is an oracle to t- to teach you and to show you the way. Bro, that's good. Remember mm-hmm. that one. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. really good. <laughs> um, like James, this is yeah, this is really cool, dude. Like, thank you so much for sharing. I mean, we definitely went across the board. Do you have any? I'd love to know. I don't feel super called to like dive super deep into. Because sometimes on the podcast we do, it's actually pretty cool. And I love it that like we actually have like breakthroughs where people are like, like, actually last week I talked to someone. She's really, really cool, like big YouTuber and she's writing a book actually. I think you guys would, do you know Lior Alexandra by chance? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, she posts she, your, reposts your stuff. Yeah, she lo- I love her. Yeah, Lior is amazing. And so essentially she's writing this beautiful book and she was having resistance to it. And like we like went through it and it was so like I love that stuff but at the same time I'm not going to force it I'm not going to fight against the universe but with that said is there anything that like you want to explore or anything like that honestly man I am like I'm just like I I honestly feel really blessed to be in a in a place of flow right now yeah you know what I mean like I'm just I I feel really blessed to be in a place of flow and um, I'm, I'm grateful for that and um I, I definitely have fears that are that are there and we, we all have pain in certain ways but um I ra- I think I think I'd rather dwell in the gratitude of where I am than trying mm. to explore where I'm not I love at this that, at this at this particular moment that's so ooh, I've got more chills like because again, right, sometimes we unnecessarily create that suffering because it's like, we need to do more healing or we need to improve more. It's like, no, bro, I'm in a freaking amazing spot. So let's freaking celebrate. I celebrate you right now. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. Do you mind like actually ending on that? Like how important it is that as, as a creative and writer to an artist to celebrate yourself? Because it seems... Because there's the the like the trope or, or whatever right of like starving artists or just like you have to be in pain to be an artist right like you have to like all that stuff like how important is celebrating and like appreciating for you as an artist hmm. yeah um that's a little that's a little tough to be honest i feel like i feel like i'm not uh i feel like my art is I love doing it and I enjoy doing it, but I also feel like it's kind of a service. Mm. And I also don't really have a choice to do it. It's kind of like the job I was assigned. And it's like, I do love the job, but it's also <laughs> still, it's like still a job. And, um, and I have a hard time celebrating because I'm all, I'm never, I never feel done. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, Cause like, there's always a next project. There's always next idea. And I love that. It's that's, that's not a lack thing. It's just like, I, I'm, I'm always excited about what comes next. So I have a hard time celebrating myself, even like for birthdays. Like I've, I'm like, ah, I'd rather just like not celebrate my birthday. It's like not that big <laughs> of a deal. I turn another year. Yay. Or even like I had to really, um, I had a book release party for my last book and that was, um, I'm glad I did it, but it doesn't, doesn't come natural to me to like celebrate my work. Um, so I, I should get better at that. But um, like I said, for me, it's about it's about service and doing the work and just kind of like, there's always the next thing to do. And I'm always kind of like in that place of creation. Sorry, my dogs are barking. It's all good. It is. They're <laughs> celebrating for you. They, they're... Well, speaking of fear, they 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 have they've manufactured an idea of the mailman being something to be afraid of, even though he's probably delivering them treats or dog food. Um, <laughs> they still have this innate fear to be afraid of people coming to the door, and they need to work on that. <laughs> you know what's funny? That probably is like a legit 
like if God is looking down at us, it's probably almost like a similar thing. Like he's giving us things at our front door that we're like barking at. And it's yeah. like, yo, if you would just open the box, open the door. Yeah. This is no, I've been I've been working on this. I've I won't want to go on this, but I haven't um have been done it yet. But I think it's a great metaphor. It's like so many times where, or or like the other day, you know, it was raining and Austin really needed the rain. And my dog Pepper was just shivering because she was afraid of the storm outside. And Mm -hmm. it's like, she has no idea that what's happening outside is very helpful, very needed and very good. But she's afraid of it because she doesn't get what's happening. So I think that's a great metaphor for our own lives when like we can be afraid of things that are happening again for us, not to us. Um, but we're shivering because we don't quite understand the full picture of what's happening. <laughs> mm, I love that, dude. It's like, like, and for us, not just for us individually, but for everybody, which includes yes. us as well. Totally. I love that, bro. Um, is there any, well, we got to do with the podcast thing. Got to make sure people know where to find you yeah. and, and engage and connect with you. Uh, the easiest way is... Um, my Instagram at words are vibrations and um, the link in my bio, you can, um, you can check out my books. You can check out my podcast also called words are vibrations. And um, I'm, uh, I'm working with one-on-one with clients for creative expression, building the brand, creative, creating content, launching projects. Um, so I'd love to hear from some people around that as well and, and, and meet some of these amazing listeners. I love that, dude. Yeah, thank you for sharing and using your voice. I celebrate that. Using your voice and being physically seen. Um, the really cool, dude, I know we just like scratched the surface, but it was really cool like to hear about the different like creative ways and like the journey and just like the letting go. There, there's lots of nuggets in here. And like when I when you were saying it, I was like, oh, that's Instagram real. I was like, remember that one. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah, this was uh, this was fun. This was an easy conversation. So, thanks, uh, thanks again for having me on. Absolutely, thank you, sir.